I start? It's not you. Well, actually, it is you. Look, I'm just not... I'm not attracted to you anymore. I need space. You kind of... You kind of gross me out. In the beginning, it was different. In the beginning, you were better. But then I got to know you real well, and I, I came to realize you're a fat idiot. That is uh, peak beauty for Kelly Preston, and not that Tim Robbins is a bad-looking guy, no, but yeah. he's just like a goofy dude. Super, yeah. So it's an incredible <laughs> scene just to cut back and forth between their faces that's, and um, uh, have that's that exchange. That's the, the exact opening scene of... Uh, of nothing to lose, one of our favorites. The super underrated nothing to lose. Super underrated. I always thought everyone loved, but apparently not everyone did. I know me and my sister Rotten loved Tomatoes it ratings. when it came out. Like we were huge fans, we'd quote it all the time. But then, uh, when yeah, when we read the Rotten Tomatoes, it was really bad. That so. is one of those movies. But you know, the Rotten Tomato score for Reindeer Games is pretty low. Uh, all, I both wouldn't agree. know. That's a I don't even know what that is. <laughs> no, um, nothing to lose. Nothing to lose is a. Uh, um, one of those movies, maybe you have this, maybe not, but uh, I can remember like three, four or five movies that I consciously was like, I've never laughed this hard in a movie <laughs> right, during right. the movie, you know, yeah, and yeah. like different stages in your life. Like you wouldn't, you're not saying they're the funniest movie, but like when I saw this, this was the hardest a- I'd ever laughed. Ace Ventura, I think was like that for me. Mm. The first Happy Ace Gilmore Ventura was an early and Happy Gilmore. Um, and then uh, this one I definitely put up there. Yeah. Yeah. This when one I, was 100%. Even, I watched I, it with my buddy Graham. I was a little was a younger than you, but like th- when his ass falls asleep, I laughed. Oh, my God. So like dying. So I was dying. <laughs> this was kind of my introduction to, to – I mean I had seen The Martin Show, you know, uh, Martin sure, Lawrence. Sure, sure, sure. But like this was sort of my introduction to him being able to go full hard R rating, just mm-hmm. un- uncapped, mm-hmm. you know, just like let him run. Um, let oh, that yeah. Let go- bread go. And uh, he was so funny to me. But we were, like, convulsing, me and my buddy Graham, like, laughing at this movie. Um, Eddie Murphy's delirious stand-up was like that for me when I was a kid. sure. And then um, I remember probably, like, the oldest one for me in terms of just being, like, being an adult was um, Old School. I went to see Old School in college with a group. And um, (laughs) pretty hysterical, hysterically laughing. I mean, Will Ferrell really gets me anyway. But that was was a big one. And that was the first time I'd ever really heard – Vince Vaughn, like ranting. Um, I had actually not seen Swingers at that point uh-huh. or made or any of that stuff. So Vince Vaughn was like a new thing to me. So that whole just endless just rant. Weird confidence that, that he has. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the mile a minute speaking, right. you know, where he's like when he's up in the room and he's trying to make out with that chick and yeah. he's like, she's like, you you know, she's about to get ready. And he's like, actually, I'm married. And he shows her the ring <laughs> and he's like, but you know, maybe I should get your, get your card, you know, just hang on to it just in case something happens. You, know, you never know. <laughs> Um, and just like all of that was just killed me. I just yes. wasn't ready for that stuff and not used to it. So, um, great well, flick though. Nothing to lose. Check it we, out. We could We've have talked about easily played, you know, a dozen different scenes from that movie. So yeah. yes. Or just the whole in. movie. Or the, uh, <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the audio version. Yes. Uh, well, this is episode 25. We're on episode we're 25. Episode 25. We, we have now done as many podcast episodes, not including commentaries right, as including. there are. James Bond movies 
um, <laughs> official movies. One has not even been released due to And COVID. I would say we've put in the exact same amount of effort as the exact- what they put into those movies. <laughs> Yep, we've worked just as hard. Absolutely. Just as many hours. Just a lot less um, money. <laughs> I think that's the longest running, as far as installments. I think that's the most installments for any movie series. Of any series. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, got to be. Can't, I mean, can't be more than 24 or 25. Are there or... 25 earnest movies? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. There could, you know, Fast know. and the Furious is going to catch James Bond. Eventually they will. Just based on the fact that they're yeah, not yeah. going to take time in between. Right. And um, I don't know how people count the uh, like the Star Wars and Harry Potter stuff that could catch it. But this is like... One series, no, no spinoffs, no one-offs. Right? right, it's like a character and his missions, oh, adventures, man. Or whatever. Yeah. Speaking so of good. that, we oh, we've watched a few. Oh, let's see, I've watched, I guess, just two, two Bond movies since last uh, pod. Uh, with oh yeah, my Bond watching crew, and we watched Spy Who Loved Me and For Your Eyes Only. We had already watched Moonraker uh, <laughs> uh, at uh, Phil's cabin a while back, so we. Uh, we all just kind of took a break from that one. And it's funny because this is how they were meant to be, you know, in the order originally. Yeah. So um, that's interesting because at the end of Spy Who Love Me, I know it says James yeah. Bond will return in Free Your Eyes Only. Right. And then the success of Star Wars, because yeah. Spy Who Love Me came out 77, Star Wars came out 77. They were like, you know, we need a moon mission, which is also funny um, because hey. if you read the book Moonraker, it has nothing to do with going into space okay, and having right, a space battle. Right. But, um, but yeah, so they wedge that one in real quickly. And that's part of the reason I think that, we, I mean, when you watch them, Moonraker is pretty much a remake of The Spy Who Loved Me, but instead of creating a world under the sea, right. you know, destroying the world, space, and yeah. it's a guy who wants to. Well, I think I think Ross, world. one of the guys mentioned that they were like, "Isn't this the same plot as Moonraker?" Yeah, oh, it Moonraker. definitely is, dude. They're like, yeah, it's the henchman is the same. Race, you know, we have you know. Jaws. We have. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Those are companion pieces, absolutely. 100%. Um, and they're super fun. Um, I love Spy Love Me is one of my favorites. Uh, it's probably in my top five or six easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it might be my third. I was thinking it might be right behind Casino Royale and Live and Let Die. It might be my number three. But anyways. Um, yeah. I um. Well, wait, before we before we yeah. move from James Bond, let's talk for 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> about this. Um, I think that Spy Who Loved Me, like Goldfinger, is one of those ones that if you do like a breakdown, mm-hmm. however you end up feeling about it. It has all the elements and all mm-hmm. the set pieces that you want, right? Yeah. It checks off the henchman box. It checks off the plot. It checks off the girl. You know, like all yeah. those things. And I feel like that's part of the reason because for me, it's Goldfinger, Casino Royale, Spy Who Loved Me, and then Honor Majesty's Secret Service and uh, yeah. GoldenEye are kind of round out my five. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yep. And some of that is me trying to pick different bonds. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to get like kind of an overview. Yeah, of the whole thing. yeah, yeah. But um, but those ones definitely have all the elements for for your eyes only, which you guys also watch, is one of those sneaky ones that I feel like is right behind that top tier. I and agree, no one really yeah. talks about it. I love it. It's, it's considered not as good. Like I, it's not it's not at the Moonraker you know level of ridiculousness. Right. But it it um right. I think from a from a how people accept it and uh, where they rank it, I think it's relatively low or middle. Um, right. But I would put it higher after rewatching it again. I would I would definitely put it way higher. It's fun, man. It's be, it's got. I mean, the dragging them through the water with the sharks coming after him. It's got a good. lot of that stuff very that you want good, on a bomb. Yeah. The ski scene. Yep. You know, it's got a lot. Again, a lot of that. Yeah, the stuff. ski scene's very it's very satisfying. Um, and it's one of the. This is kind of a dumb. Th- this is kind of the nine year old checkbox thing, but it. Bond is like known, I feel like, for like underwater sequences of action mm-hmm. and skiing sequences. Right. Like that's kind of unique to Bond. There yeah. are a lot of that all around, and it's got both of those, um, which few of them do. Just a lot of the ways that it it subverts too. You know, his Lotus blows up right at the beginning. 
like he doesn't even do anything with it and then they yeah, end up in yeah. the shitty car for the car chase <laughs> and like things like that I really appreciate about it yeah. it just felt felt really solid um that plus, comedic plus chase the is girl good. yeah exactly plus the girl even though she may not be a great performer in the role her the character is good and yeah, and yeah. uh and and not stupid like a lot of the other bond girls um, right. So yeah, uh, she's she's got a, she's on a mission. She's the, a badass uh, with a crossbow. Hundred percent. And you totally him. feel for. Her. And then at the end, the rock climbing situation oh, is all great. really that really whole great. Sequence. Yeah. Scaling the mountain to get uh, up yeah. to that—that's a real place, right? And get up there to attack these guys is awesome. And um, that also is, you know, the Bond movie marathons on TV are kind of how I was introduced to Bond mm-hmm. as a kid. I don't know if kids watch TV anymore, so it might not be a thing. But <laughs> right. they used to always have those, like, hey, Memorial Day weekend, Bond yep. all day, four days, you know. And uh-huh. you would almost take Bond in in segments, not in full movies, right? Like you'd come in, you'd catch the second half of one, mm-hmm. first half of another, and just continuously on a loop for like several days, and that Roger for your eyes only that Roger Moore rock climbing sequence was actually the first, at least the first that I was aware of segment I had ever seen anyone other than Sean Connery playing bond. Right. This is when I'm a kid. This is pre Pierce Brosnan movie theater stuff. And I was so confused. Like my dad <laughs> told me that was, you know, it was bond. Yeah. And I was so confused because I didn't understand why it was a different guy playing him right. at that time. So I still remember being very perplexed by that, but also like just loving that ending. It's awesome. Also, it sets the precedent for the kind of one one bond situation with the he goes to Tracy's grave at the beginning, right? This yeah. is the first scene, and it has the date. It has 1969, which is the year that Honor Majesty came out, and it's like right. so satisfying. There's so many things about the movie to me that are satisfying. When you step back and look at all the movies, you're like, oh, this one really – did a lot of things that uh, not to mention the whole throwing Blofeld down, down a, down a, <laughs> a, a, you know, a, a fucking exhaust or whatever that's right. called. Chimney, tower. Chimney yeah. tower or whatever. Yeah. And that like in and of itself is a kind of a subversive, you know, quick way to get rid of that old character that they don't have the rights to <laughs> anymore. Yeah. So um, all of it, it was kind of wild that they yeah. even, yeah, they even dipped into it because they weren't just not acknowledging it. And they're like, all right, let's, let's write an ending. Let's to this actually since we don't have the put it in there. It. Yeah. And it and, won't and even for an opening segment. <laughs> yeah. To throw it out was kind gonna, of incredible. Yep. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's my bond flip. rant for right now, but fun that's, flip. that's some of the stuff I've been watching. Uh, what, uh, what we could talk about other stuff we're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen, seen anything um, cool? There's, uh, it's been a, several things actually. Um, Jess and I, we keep catching these old kind of '80s flicks we never saw mm-hmm. um, lately, and we just watched uh, Volunteers. I don't know if you've ever heard of that with um, Tom Hanks and no. John Candy and uh, his wife um, Rita. I always want to say Rita Hayworth, now, Rita Wilson, but Rita yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Um, and man, between that movie and the movie we talked about earlier, um, Hot Pursuit with oh, John yeah. Cusack. I I understand what they always say about like, you know, those 80s movies were really fueled by cocaine because Volunteers (laughs) is another one of these movies that like for like 30 or 40 minutes, it's one thing. And then it just it's almost like they were in a room and they were just like, now let's do this. Like it it gets pretty crazy. It goes off the rails. It's kind of a dark comedy. Tom Hanks is like wanted for um, he, he owes a lot of gambling debts. He comes out of college. He's a brilliant guy in Yale, but he can't stop gambling. And he goes to his family for money, and they won't give him any money. So he's running from these loan sharks, and he and he manages to get on a plane uh, with the Peace Corps, mm. going to some fictitious, you know, South American sure. country. Um, and then ultimately ends up like at first he, you know, it's like a romantic comedy. Like he's trying to impress the girl and pretend he's somebody else, even though he's really the sleaze ball. Um, and then. 
at some point kind of the communists sort of take over the country and it becomes like an action comedy. Like it's just a different, different thing. And it's a, uh, it's a weird, wild uh, movie. Um, I'm not saying anybody has to see it, but if you get a chance, like it's a fun. Well, sort like of I did with Hot Pursuit, uh, I'll put it on my list because yeah, check it out. And, and it's, Tom, it's one of the few <laughs> Tom Hanks being unlikable, and oh, he's good at it. You cool. know, like it's yeah, almost yeah. like we wouldn't let him do that at a certain point. Yeah, he became, absolutely. Even when he played in a, uh, a hitman, right, and Road to Perdition, he's so likable, and, and and you know he's got redeeming values. This guy kind of doesn't <laughs> like sure. he's really like a money loving uh sleaze so we watched that we watched the first half of the lance armstrong 30 for 30 um oh, nice. which is kind of the next one after in that series after the michael jordan one and kevin was the first one to say this our buddy uh kevin netsley shout out to kevin but he was like you know these guys are wired the same jordan kobe lance armstrong you know win at all costs kind of driven and very inspirational how driven they are he's like but somehow this guy is so easy to hate and the other guys are so easy to like and they're not that different. And he's like, I think there's just something in their eyes or their face, smile, the charisma that's different because it's not the drive. It's not how they treat teammates and stuff. It's we love Jordan. We love Kobe and we're inspired by them and everybody kind of hates Lance now. Or maybe it's just the drugs. We loved Lance before we knew and before there was stuff about. I mean, we did, though. So I don't know that it's in his uh, in his personality or character. Um, overtly that we don't like him or the reason, but uh, but I know what you mean. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really care about him. <laughs> you know, right, particularly. Right. Yeah, I'm not. It's it's, sticking it's not one I'm telling everybody. Hey, you got to see. Yeah, yeah right. like the other ones. Um, another thing we watched though that I had, I had missed in theaters. Maybe you saw it was the kitchen with Melissa uh, McCarthy. Actually, I didn't see it. What'd you think? Super dark, man. Super I heard violent. it was I mean, very it, yeah. Are. Yeah, it, it, it went there. You know what I mean? Like it, and it was for a while. I was kind of uncomfortable. Then I started thinking, well, that's not really fair. Like you know, I, I love The Godfather, and I mean that mm-hmm. doesn't pull any punches. It just goes there. Um, but everybody was really good. All, all of the the performances more than anything are really good. I don't know that in the end I it really didn't loved the movie. Do well, but, you know. Yeah. I think critics didn't like it. Um, is why I probably didn't see it. But uh, the cast, I thought, must be good. They're um, all isn't, great. That's um, the best part. Donald Gleason in it. I mean, he's he's, he's the best. You know, it's funny, right? Yeah, Jess kind of turned to me and she was like, "It's a shame he had to be in those Star Wars movies." <laughs> <She's> like, <"He's, laughs> I don't think so. I think he's perfect. You, no, no, I know. I, I know. He, he, en- yeah. he enjoyed what he was doing, but, but it, yeah. it's like he's just so unimpressive in that. And then she's yeah. like, and in this and in the Black Mirror episode he was in, and I, you know, Ex Machina. Um, I think that uh, in About Time. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. And oh, that's yeah, a real course. lighthearted. He's, a, sweet he's an amazing actor, and yeah, uh, real good. you know he. Uh, have you you guys didn't watch Run, that show that's been on HBO? Mm-mm. It had seven episodes, and it's done now. But um, but he's the star of that, and uh, yeah, he's great. I love him. Yeah, cool. Um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So you guys watch the Lovebirds, right? We we also watch Lovebirds. I, uh, did you watch it? I did watch it, and I was uh, I was actually pretty disappointed. Oh, uh, bummer. I it's not that I didn't kind of enjoy it but at the end of it i really was trying to put myself in the mindset of i was going to see this in the theaters and if i had seen it in the theaters i would have been even more disappointed that i went to the theater and saw it Ooh. Um, oh, so the fact that i have a pretty open mind about what i'm watching at home and i'm and i was this disappointed with it i uh I don't did know. you not like the plot? Did you not like them together? What did you not like? All, I, I think all of it. Um, I, you know, it <laughs> just it reeks of of um, the the beats that I like probably being improv, 
uh you know yeah. like the real the real plot the written plot i didn't like or care about and the only times i laughed i could tell that that was absolutely probably not written that way mm-hmm. um i don't know whatever i you know you, do you guys like it <laughs> we we enjoyed it yeah, yeah. We, but um but also we had, what's funny is we had watched so jess already really likes those two um, I do too. Or, I watch Insecure. I, I watch his shit. I, uh, yeah, but yeah, I and, and I mean, not that I don't, but like she's a fan. And then um, we had also just watched Stuber. Did you hmm. watch Stuber? I haven't watched that either. No. And it, I find it very weird that a guy who just nailed it with Big Sick, like right out of the bat, yeah. right, like struck gold. He just he talked about going through scripts and scripts and scripts and just couldn't find anything. Everybody wanted him to do this, do that, and he just didn't like anything. And then yeah. finally he was like, Stuber, this is the one. <laughs> and then from my understanding, he didn't perform that well. But it's kind of a weird second choice anyway. Yeah. Um, but what's weirder is he almost remade it in this movie. Like both of these movies revolve around being in a car and someone jumping in your car. Right. Like that is the inciting incident. Right. For everything that happens afterwards. Yep. In an unusual circumstance. And it's I know that he's, he's not an Uber driver in this one like he is in, in Stuber, sure. but but in some ways it was like we both not that Stuber's bad, but we weren't like it wasn't like, wow, glad we watched that. Right. And uh and then we watched this and we were like, Oh, this was like they like got this one right compared to that one. Oh, fair so, enough. So may, maybe you'd feel completely different, or maybe you would be like, "No, these both suck." I don't it's, know. It's interesting but, how that that feeling of like something being too closely conceptually similar can make you kind of question it or or feel yeah, weird about weird. it. And obviously, that happens often with the when there's movies that are similar. But but that's a good uh, kind of segue into Batista is obviously in Stuber as a cop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he does the other cop movie that came out or whatever that I didn't see called My Spy, which is out maybe right. on VOD I didn't now. See that one either. And it's like that yeah. also feel I mean, I, I know that it's different. There this one's about like a little girl that finds out he's a spy and like goes around with him or whatever. But it it yeah. it I you know, if they had come out years and years apart maybe but like they came out within like, you know, six months of each other mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like this is so close. It feels yeah. tonally so close that, uh, you know, you're just like, come on, you're just exhausted. I, I'm always as fascinated by decision making for actors as anything. I, right. I, I've said this before, but I think like you could argue Keanu Reeves has carved out the greatest career he ever could have had. <laughs> because I know like people like to make fun of him, say, oh, he's not a great actor and all this other stuff. And we're not going to get into that either way. Right. But, but like a guy who either you think is talented or you think is not talented, who has made movies even if it's like a cult classic and a kind of a campy movie who has made you know bill and ted point break movies that have staying power this is a disposable medium we watch them during the era they're here and then they go away yeah unless you're a movie buff you never see them again um but those are movies with staying power and then you've got speed which is one of those action movies that defines a generation and then you've got the matrix which is like an all-time kind of you know series now uh and now the john wick movies and it's just kind of like that's a hell of a run for a guy that you, you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, yeah, this guy. You know, that's kind of like a, a Harrison Ford run, you know, yeah. an action movie or yeah. like a Tom Cruise run. Like an absolute top um, tier. And, and yeah, that is – it is ironic in that same sentence we can say, wow, he doesn't really pick his projects that well. And, oh, wow, he picks yeah, his projects yeah. really well because it's yeah. like it, they're they're both kind of accurate. Uh, right, you right. Know? But, well, um, and actors are always complaining know. about like getting like – 
pigeonholed into things. And that's what's so weird about them. Like you have your choice now. You can pick what you want. Mm-hmm. And I know they complain a lot about there's just not good stuff out there. And I'm sure there is a lot of that with all the things that are pushed in front of them. I'm sure they're reading things till they're numb. You right. Know? And, and a lot of the stuff is the same. But it is just wild that both of them, those choices, I don't know. That's it, It's weird. I always try to think about, why. okay, this filmmaker had the power to do what they wanted. What were they trying to say with this? You know, like, yeah. and sometimes the choices just are perplexing to me. So One you anyway. told me about that I saw it, that I loved is Spencer Confidential. Yeah, um, fun, right? Fuck, man. It was had no great. business being as entertaining as it was. Great movie. Yeah. Um, in, in the comedy action, you know, vein, Wahlberg – if it wasn't Wahlberg, it probably wouldn't have worked. He has so much, you know, at the same time that he sometimes comes across kind of sterile and douchey, he also is incredibly likable so often. And that's, you know, like thinking back to the Italian job, that was like an early, like him leading yeah. role, yeah. you know, what was that, 99 or 2000 or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, wow, he's really. He's I just I don't know. I like watching him in this one. His um, his uh, attitude is what makes the movie, I feel like. And obviously there's a good cast around him. But for the most part, I think it's just because it's him. Uh, And I can't recommend it highly enough if you just want a fun action movie. Um, yeah, that's kind we of enjoyed that one so much. Not more to than mention we we the be. the girlfriend is so likable, also, and you're just like, I just want to see a lot of this. <laughs> just yeah. Keep this going. Such a great like <laughs> over the top. I mean, that's a comedian's role anyway, but right. such a great like comedian. Oh, but role she of also the Boston, just the loud Boston nail show. any dramatic beats, like anything they're throwing at oh, her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it feels more to like it she's that. not even acting. I, I love you're right. it. Yeah. That- yeah, that's uh, not she's just a really, really good, uh, yeah, actor. Um, anyways, it's so a fun I, movie. I loved that. Um, I watched the wrong Missy, the the Happy Madison production movie with oh, uh, have, have with uh, Spade and everybody. Um, Lauren Lapkus is in it. She's uh, she's kind of a up and coming, you know. I like uh, her girl, and I yeah, I like her a lot too. She was in Crashing and other things. Um, I don't know. Spade is boring, and most of the Happy Madison guys are boring. Honestly, Rob Schneider is great in it. Everybody else is just kind of <laughs> awesome. So Happy Madison, um, but you you watch it really for Lauren Lapkus, even though her character is annoying, but it's supposed to be. That's the whole point of the movie. Um, yeah, she's playing yeah. this really unlikable, you know, character, but it you know it has its it definitely has its moments, and it's got a lot more heart than than it seems like. But at the same time, I it. It is hard to, it's hard to get behind these Happy Madison movies because in the in the same boat that you have fun, you know, momentarily with it, when you s- step back, you're just like, this is so fucking bad. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I don't yeah. know why they can't, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's just they're so tied to the same people, the same writers right. and directors, right. and it's like the same writer director guy, same formula, same, same shit, and and you know everything right down to the you know, costuming and, and, and everything. You're just like, these just feel like really very basic choices. They're not really trying to put anything interesting in here. So I'm, yeah. uh, you just get over it so quickly. Um, I thought about this a lot for a while with Sandler, because obviously Sandler was like the funniest guy in America for a, for a time. Sure. He had like his, his era of just being the guy. Yeah. And then like, I, I, for a while I was like, I think that it's, he's now he's a dad and he's trying to do these family comedies, but his skill in comedy is kind of still the gross out, like <laughs> teenage humor. Yeah, type I of guess stuff. so. Yeah. And it didn't quite fit together to me, but now I also think like what you said, it, it's almost like, I don't know. It, it's like, as if they don't, 
ever try to do anything different, right? Like they're like, oh, this is funny. And and it's not that necessarily it's even not funny. It's just kind of like the Marvel thing where everything is tight and well run and it's like coming out of a factory, you know? But it all feels exactly the same. At what point do we start to feel kind of insulted though as an audience member that they aren't doing anything because it's like, okay, come on. Like, Like you know, it's 20 years of the same design of film and you're, you know, you're, you're, the, cinematography i mean everything technically about it is just as generic as it could possibly be and right. i'm not saying a lot of people didn't work very hard on it but but that's the whole thing you have to it rises down from the top you have to have yeah. leadership that dictates you know a style and a vibe and and uh you know all of this even if the story is just basic you know you can still uh you know make it interesting uh and there's plenty of evidence of stuff like that um but this well, when is he's living the dream things. too right like they've talked about this before like sandler films like they pick a location and they go with their friends right and they shoot a movie and have which fun. like i do like think, in hawaii or something yeah you know, they're having the greatest yeah, yeah. time ever but i don't think they're and focused on his creating wife the best is movie in this ever. i didn't realize that until i was watching it but jackie sandler's oh, wife oh. is like one of the stars of the movie so oh, wow. okay. that you know that they like a bad cle- idea cle- well sure <laughs> she's super hot i'm sorry to say, you know put it like that but i i think he's just uh hey here's my wife you know yeah <laughs> she's yeah. now she's, she's in, gonna be in one but you know then he'll drop in like i know this is like a Sandler film, quote unquote, but then he'll, you know, he'll drop in a punch drug love and an uncut gems and even like a Spanglish here and there. And you know what I mean? And kind of reminds you he can, you know, uh, Sandler can. Oh, I don't, stuff I off. don't like, think. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I don't think it has anything to do with Sandler not being talented. Um, yeah, uncut no, gems was my favorite thing last year. I, I don't think that again, that's a, that's a function of he is, he is a, a, a creative artistic force, but he probably, isn't in the vein of uh, producing and, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. show running and everything more in the vein of, you know, acting or writing. No one but, reflects uh, that sort of uh, not putting enough energy into it more than Spade, though. I feel like Spade is like the embodiment. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, even the way yeah. he talks, and I know that's part of his persona, and, I, you know, I'm not a performer. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to judge all these guys what they're doing. But, I mean, all of his kind of just like, yeah, you know, that's how it is. Like, that. I mean, that's really, like – as much as he's ever going to put into put into a line delivery. And I just feel like he's the ultimate of that camp and I'm going to give minimal effort and I'm going to be in cruise control the whole way. That's exactly how this whole movie is. So that's why he was such a, like it was such a godsend for him to be next to Chris Chris Farley. And that's part of the reason that dynamic works so well. And it's almost like, it's like inside Lewin Davis in real life. You know, I was part right. of a duo and my half is gone and the special half that could go well, on by itself Lapkus is gone. Well, Lapkus in this it definitely serves that purpose of the crazy, you know, persona for him to mm-hmm. play off of. So it sort of works. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm not necessarily recommending it, but uh, I did see it. Right um, and I, I binged uh, all the J.J. verse Star Trek movies again. Oh, um, wow. Okay. That was kind of fun. I And it just reminded me that Star Trek 2009, as big of a thing as it was when it came out, uh, to me, it doesn't hold up. The first like hour of it is great. I was incredibly engaged. I was excited to watch Star Trek again, and but it really falls off for me after right. about an hour. Um, the whole end of that movie, I could care less. And then 
well, that's because the first half is the only thing that's important, right? Like, the kind first half of, is establishing yeah. and relaunching it. Exactly. And then the mission is just kind of like, oh, and I, basic time And I time still fundamentally building. disagree with a lot of the things that happen. I don't like that the Enterprise is built in Iowa and all this bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's just like stupid shit. On Earth, just like to when you actually yeah. take a step back, you're like, Wait, why did that happen? Right. Um, right. Right. But, but fundamentally, I did enjoy the first hour. And then it drops off. And then into dar- all of Into Darkness, for the most part, there's, there are moments, but is so difficult to get through yeah. from it's yeah. so like it. bad and boring. It's the weak link for me. Um, but again, beyond is my favorite. I love beyond and the whole mm. time I'm engaged and, and there are moments in that that are not as good like the motorcycle chase, but other things yeah. are really, but really beyond good. Handles seven lead characters and ensemble where right. everyone has stuff to do and they're on separate kind of time. Like it takes its you know, time we split off into a three little groups. better. Yeah. yeah and, and it's all important. It's not like we're giving these guys two things to do. It's like no. this all plays in. It does that as well as anything. And that's hard, man. Like sure. Doing an ensemble and making four characters. I think that's Simon Pegg then. He wrote it. I mean, you know, with yeah. help, but yeah. he essentially wrote it. And I think that having a, a new voice as the director and then a, familiar voice but essentially a new voice writing i think is what saved that movie and it's right it right. goes with everything else we've been saying it's just like you got to inject new shit into your you know production uh especially right. if it's right. a long running franchise i mean look at you know so many things you know star wars movies I, and that's i think why james mangold might end up making a good indie five would be the yeah. first non-spielberg I mean, indie I think it'll be great. <laughs> I don't know, but I wonder. You know. It's funny, man, because I I don't want anyone else to play indie, but I know sure. it's inevitable they're going to do an indie. I'd rather them do an indie spinoff with almost like uh, some like student of indies. You know what I mean? Right. It's like the next generation or something. Like, and I know they were thinking about that with uh, Shia and all. You know those sure. ideas or whatever. But um, but I also almost if we're going to have Mangold, I'm not against him, but I almost also want them to go ahead and just launch the next thing. If they're going to do that, rather yeah, than the old I, I get it, Harrison yeah. back. But hey, man, I, I love Indiana Jones. If if they make a bunch of bad Indiana Jones, you know, I still get the Indiana Jones that I got and I love. So that's yeah. kind of the optimistic way to look at it. Um, what other what other movie have you seen? Are there any other movies? Or did you? I, no, uh, I think that's. Mo- there, I actually have a movie I watched last night on Amazon, and it's a new movie. I'm making the weird decision of making that my hidden gem, even though it's like a oh, brand new movie. Um, just because I really do want to talk about it for a few minutes and it carries a lot of weight. Um, so I figured I'd wait till the end if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. But, but no, yeah, I, I could uh, talk about some TV or, well, last or whatever thing, else you I, got. I just yeah. wanted to mention a, a kind of a weird one that I'm again, not recommending, but mm-hmm. just because I don't feel like I've seen him in 10 years. Um, Hayden Christian, there was Christian. Oh. There was a movie that popped up, um, on, just on Hulu sure. uh, called the last man. And okay. it's kind of a dark dystopian sci-fi movie. Sure. Um, and it was, it was interesting to see him again. I don't know how yeah, was he it's good? that one that he was, he was good. He wasn't like outstanding or anything. It's one of those sort of underperformed roles by design, like okay. where he's just wow. very kind of interior, you know, and reserved and held back. Uh, and sure. it was, you know, it's like the world has kind of ended and it's the terrible situation. And you're just trying to survive kind of thing. But Harvey Keitel is in it. Um, there's a couple other names. Um, it, it's not a movie that anyone needs to see but i just saw it like popped up and i was like oh hayden doing a anti-star wars sci-fi movie you know that is interesting to see him i'd be curious to see how how uh bearable he is because he's just he's famously just not good and it's hard to watch and weird 
Uh, so, I realized you know. in watching uh, Takers, if you remember yeah. that one, that Sony yep. film, that I was like, oh, okay, it's not just I the do remember that. <laughs> dialogue or whatever it was from the Star Wars prequels. Right. I'm just like, he's just kind of wooden, kind of bland. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, that's just, I remember, sorry that's, to be an asshole, That's kind but. of the, no, but that's that's the one I think of. I kind of forgot what it was called, but I remember that movie coming out and being yeah. like, oh, man. oh, no, he is bad and everything. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I'll give him a shout out. Uh, Life is a House. Did you ever watch Life is a House? No, I never saw that. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so. That movie will rip your heart out, but it's so good. And he he's acting opposite Kevin Klein. He's okay. uh, Kevin yeah. Klein's kind of troubled teen son. Right. And I'm not saying he's, you know, the greatest performance of all time, but that is the one movie I've ever seen where I'm like, this is a great movie. Okay. And he's really good. Okay. Um, That's fair. And anyway, so, and it's got oh, Mary, uh, is it Steenburgen or Steenburgen? I can never. Bur- I think Burgeon is right. Is that right? Uh, there's a bunch of people in that one, but life is a house, man. Check it out. Like when you're Bergen, in, in the Bergen? mood for something emotional, Maybe it's check it out. I don't know. She's, she's a stone cold Fox, even at, uh, I love her. She is, world. she is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so that's it for me on movies. I, I watched a wanna... lot of TV as always. Uh, there's a lot of good TV out. Uh, Pat Nozzle has a new Netflix mm-hmm. comedy special. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Did you watch that? Uh, watched some of it. Uh, yeah. liked it. I just had, it just, a I love him thing all the time. He's thing. just, he's always great. Um, and uh, he is great. Did you ever? I, I don't know if you ever got Apple TV, but Mythic Quest was the Apple TV show from the Always Sunny guys. Yeah, you've um, talked to me about we, it. We love It's Always Sunny. I know I'd like it. But you we don't should have Apple really, TV. yeah, really sign up for that because Mythic Quest not only had a great season, but they did a quarantine special like a lot of these other shows oh, are doing. Nice. But it's nice. by far the best of all these other quarantine specials that have happened. They did this one remotely, and it is so well made and so well oh, nice. produced. And so well acted. The acting, you know, in these other ones, everyone's doing their character, but they're not, you know, the material just is is kind of thrown together as as it is. Right. It's right. literally thrown together very quickly in the last few weeks. Whereas this feels like really significant content. Um, uh, the girl in it, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but uh, she's Australian uh, that plays opposite um, Rob is like outstanding in this episode one of the best performances of the year um anyway so mythic quest um started hbo max came out they have an original show called love life with anna kendrick and you know i'll watch her in anything um how is that though i didn't think the trailer looked that i mean i like her too it's watchable it is watchable um it is not fantastic but as uh, there's only been i think three episodes so far Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. that they posted i it's growing on me i like the characters i like her and it and it um it it's not it doesn't feel quite like hbo quality but it feels like just one little notch under hbo quality yeah um you know it's just a half hour show and it's kind of just a you know it's like a uh, i got my heart broken type of show you know (laughs) it's what it is it's like all pop songs (laughs) right did you watch um, any of Space Force at all? Did I watched all of it. <laughs> oh my god! See, we were planning I, I on watching. Really that. I really like it. it yet. I won't necessarily oh, say okay. I love it, but I almost love it. it we, is, we really want to watch it, but the trailer we did not like. The trailer wasn't and, good. The trailer yeah, focused trailer. so much on Carell singing that song, and huh. I forget what it was. Um, you know, right, um, right. Uh, anyways, that tropical song. Anyways, yeah, yeah. the general vibe of Carell in the trailer makes him look really stupid, and and most makes a 
most of the other characters and situations look stupid. Right. Um, they are stupid, but like all, <laughs> like all good stupid comedies, once you actually s- learn about the characters and the backstories and you spend some time with them, you right. either realize that, oh, they are written to be stupid and they have no substance, or they are written to be stupid, but they have lots of substance and you can really find a way to love these people and that's how it is for me i really do like it and forget everything else you know or think you know about the trailer it's got john malkovich in it and 100 percent of his lines and deliveries and scenes are great uh there's never a moment that he's not perfect yeah. So, you know, and he's one of the major I mean, he's he's not just an afterthought. He's in almost every scene. Um, and then you've got Lisa Kudrow as the wife uh, and just an amazing cast around him. Uh, so many, so many good people. Um, we, we watched so. a, a segment from I think it was a documentary about SNL and they were focusing on at least part of it was focusing on the one that Malkovich was there for. Mm-hmm. And there is a t- like a table read where Malkovich has everyone in that room <laughs> crying with laughter. And this is from like the Bill Hader. I believe era. it. Yeah, and yeah. I cannot remember. I'm going to find out and, and, and let you know, but I cannot remember like if there was a name for this, you know, little right. doc special or anything. You could find, probably just find it on YouTube. But uh, just I, I'm trying to remember the, what the actual sketch was, but he was crushing it, man. Like every delivery was just – just killing it. It he, was so funny. He comes at comedy with an anger. And <laughs> yeah, that's that, the best way to put it. That <laughs> so true. is so satisfying in this context. He's sandwiched between all these military people. He plays a scientist. And right. so he's sandwiched between all these military people. Honestly, the concepts of Space Force are smarter than you would think. And, and yeah, people are giving yeah. him credit for it. Um, I'm blown away by the critical reception being so bad. It's been mm, pretty bad. I haven't it's even read it. Pretty anything. middle of the road or low uh, from most critics, and it is very smart. The satire is very smart. Uh, the the concepts of it being kind of in our universe, like the president is. They don't ever say Trump. They don't ever, <laughs> but but yeah. they refer to POTUS and they refer to his tweets and they show his tweets and, and he texts Carell back and forth about shit he needs to do. And, and like, and just the concepts and how yeah, they, I'm you know, entertain it is really smart. Um, I, I, I really, really do like it. Uh, everybody okay. watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. we're going to check it out for sure. The other one that there's a couple more TV things The the other one that, um, uh, I mentioned last time is Snowpiercer, and we've gotten another episode. And I really that one also critics are kind of mixed on, but it's some of the best sci-fi. I thought you know we saw Snowpiercer, we know the concept, we saw the yeah. movie, we get yeah, it. That's how I felt. You would think I would be like checked out now. Okay, I get it. I know what's going, but somehow they by placing it in this world. You're like, oh, wait, no, I want to see. There's more story that can happen mm. here, and it's fat. The whole concept is fascinating. They um, stick to the train the entire time? Are they in- interior? It's moving? Yeah, it's, to, it's in the train. Yeah, I, yeah, I have no okay. reason to think they're ever going to go outside because you die immediately. Uh, yeah, there are how some suits that they can that. wear, you know, right. but like for short periods. Just, the, just from like a sci fi standpoint, just like. Really good sci-fi. I think this is some of the best sci-fi I've seen in recent years. 
Um, yeah. And I, no one's going to watch it because it's on TNT. Um, <laughs> it's really good. Um, tough, tough draw. Yeah. Um, Did you watch the most recent uh, Rick and Morty episodes? You, you I think I'm caught up. One? Yeah, I'm caught up. Um, as well. Rick and Morty's uh, going strong and great, obviously. Still one of the best shows, yeah. Uh, yeah the yeah a couple of the recent ones have been really really satisfying um mandalorian had some mandalorian making of had some oh, good man. episodes what do oh, you think of we all should that? talk about that yeah, you were you absolutely right i'm not even like the techie guy or anything but that episode on the led screens and the the technology the volume uh, what a, what a I, cool name too uh i mean yeah you know it's funny because i'm not in any way actively pursuing, in, you know, anything really creatively outside of like this now. You know, like I have like a regular <laughs> welcome day to job. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I really need to talk to somebody about this, man, because I'm I'm really starting to freak out. Yeah, sure, you sure, know, sure. Um, but uh, you know, I'm writing on my own and stuff. And the the minute that you know, you just think when you've got like aspirations, or you think like, oh, I'd like to bring this story to life, or you're, you're right. trying to write a screenplay, you still think about it in terms of like. You know, things that you shouldn't even think about at all because no one, no one's giving you this money and you don't even have an, you know, certain, certain things I have like plotted out and ideas that I'm, I've never even really written fully. Right. And you're like, you start acting from the standpoint of like, I'm Spielberg. All right. Okay. I've got 30 million, but you know what I mean? Like, but I need 200 million, that yeah, kind of thing. Right. And there's so much of this one kind of story, kind of this monomyth that I've sort of been developing since I was a little kid first seeing Star Wars kind of my own version of that, the hero's journey and stuff that needs to take place in so many different landscapes. And like, I would always think, I remember when we first saw the fall, that was the thing Mm -hmm. I was thinking about the most. I was just like, wow, shooting all these countries and like how long it took and stopping and starting. How could you do that? And now with this, it's almost like, I know this is how people talked about CG when it first started up and everything else, but it really does take you to that place where you're like, like my first thought was now I can finally make that movie. (laughs) You know, it's just like, you know, well, not the, necessarily relevant to me personally. No, even no, no that's what but, I was it, but it could but, be very soon. We yeah. don't, we don't know what the next ten. I mean, we're still young. This True. is not. We could all know, have those studios in our basements. T- one ten, day. twenty yeah. years from now, we don't. We have no right. idea. But I think the real point there, yeah, you compare it to the advent of CG, and even once they went into full CG environments in the late nineties, early two thousands, especially with all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they are obviously notoriously looked back on as bad technology, right. even right. though at the time it was cutting edge. But that's the thing. It, it it All of this comes down to what is our brain processing. And I don't think there's a person alive that watched the prequels and looked at an entirely CG environment and went, wow, they're really there. Like you, yeah, we yeah, knew sure. it was groundbreaking and it was unbelievable and it was possible to do that. And so we watched it and we, you know, knew in the back of our head, okay, this isn't real, but wow, right. look at this thing that they made. They put them in this environment that we know doesn't exist. Whereas this, if you hadn't made this documentary, 95% of people would not have known oh, I was that they them. weren't in, I know you were you told me that and, and one of that's my why I was like you've got you got to really uh pay attention to this tech because uh it's all in a room and well the lighting was the most fascinating part they were like now the light that is in these yeah, environments Yeah it's not even so much about the visual it's about the light it's about reproducing it's reflecting. Yeah. real directional light 
uh, and and as they say, it's in camera. We always yeah. used to refer to in camera as being we got to create these environments in life and right. then do everything in camera. Or you know, a la uh, you know the first filmmakers do things practically and make special right, effects right. practically and do it in camera. Put Vaseline on the lens if you want to. Blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know, things yeah. in cam. But it's still the the key word there is in camera. And right. and with this being in camera and visually photorealistic, to to my uh, eye. 95% of the time there are some scenes that are not as great but this is the first time they've ever done it you so have to really be looking think about a couple of years from now that's not right I mean it just right, right. and it's it, and it, you're moving from one side to the other and this actual circular environment I mean yeah. I can't recommend enough people really need to if you have Disney plus if you don't right. like steal it from a friend like <laughs> the, the whole series is great but the but that fourth episode yeah the technology one yeah it is just, I mean, it's mind blowing, man. And you it don't have to be invested in like making film to be blown away by it. The stuff they show you. And as Favreau it, says in it, nothing they show in that is in and of itself new or groundbreaking. It's the combination of all the things. Right, right. LED Putting walls are not together. new. You know, camera tracking is not new. Um, Unreal Engine is not new. Um, but the combination in 2019 of all these elements uh, was enough to go okay this is now a proven thing and i'm hoping that everyone uh you know i mean there's been some articles written about how post coronavirus how you know hollywood needs to get back to work on productions Uh, a lot of these studios and production companies are going to create their version of this Mm -hmm. simply so that we can be in a controlled environment for safety's sake for the next while yeah you know for the next year if you're green lighting a project can we do it on something like what they did on Mandalorian? Right. Yeah, it's going to cost right. money, but we can do it versus not do it. Then let's do yeah, it. Well, in yeah. that idea of like if you need this varied landscape, if you're doing one of those hugely costly movies where they go everywhere and they've got all, you know, fantasy environment mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, being able to send uh, second and third and fourth and hundredth units out yeah, to, to film different yeah, exactly. areas and yeah. then just bringing the area back for your Take real crew yeah. and your actors. Just a couple of people. Yeah. So doable as opposed yep. to what wasn't doable, which is getting everyone there and moving I mean, and all that you know, stuff. in the back of my head, I do hope, just like with CG, I hope that it doesn't take over as the primary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's still always going to be you know, best to be on location if, when if possible, especially for big epic stuff. But um, but you know they they it, really proved something with this that it was also that I don't mind it. Yeah, for sure, and it was also such a. I mean, I'm always going to be critical of the prequels, but I found myself being very, very um, kind of defensive of Lucas when they talk so much about you know he was always trying to get here, and it just wasn't quite ready. Yep. you know what I mean. Like he was trying to build this stage, and he was yep. trying to do this, and I felt like that was how the earliest prequels with CG was too, where he was he was always ahead of the game which is to his credit, but I also feel like, unlike maybe a James Cameron, he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and film it because I'm getting too old. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. going to wait for it to get there. I would rather be first to get there and it not be as good. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was just so confident that he was like, we can make it perfect, you know, when it, it wasn't I think it's a perfect, combination. Right? I think but, I think he probably had, what do they call, what do they say, rose-colored glasses. I think he mm-hmm. probably did believe that it was better than it really was. Right, um, right. But, you know, hindsight, whatever. Um, sure. Yeah, I love that it, so it's much. It's awesome. Uh, it was one of my favorite things. I've and watched the fifth and episode, the practical effects episode. Great. I don't know if you, that was yeah, awesome too. All of them. Those They're are all the those are the two that stand out to me. It's like you know showing the puppeteering and showing how much 
care went into this. And yeah. that, again, the people at the very top, like Favreau um, and Dave Filoni, made sure that the puppeteering and practical effects, even the models that they talked about that weren't originally budgeted, yep. all yep. of that happened. Um, you know, that came from the top down and made sure that, uh, you know, there was a, there was a stylistic decision to do these things. So well, I, I just feel yeah. like if you're a star Wars fan, you got to watch every one of these. If you're just, if you've ever just watched anything and you're a fan of like movies or TV, I think yeah. that one episode, some is, of the best yeah, is pretty great. Also, um, stick them with star Wars just for yeah. another second. Um, you had talked to me about this, but the animated kind of short eight minute film or whatever oh, yeah. about duel of the fates oh, which is the trevorrow version right right, right. did you watch nine. that we did yeah you've watched that right <laughs> yeah sure it's funny man because ultimately you're sitting there and it's, it's hard to grade something that's like a short synopsis yeah, of like seven hard. minutes versus a whole movie but obviously i did not enjoy uh episode nine I had a lot of complaints <laughs> sure and I, I just the idea of this one i liked better as a concluding chapter okay yeah, yeah. however I still didn't like necessarily like it. Like we were, yeah. we were looking, I was like, okay, well that would be better. That also would be kind of leave, leave you wanting for a lot. Um, but what was weird was I was like, I wonder how much of this, and maybe, maybe this is obvious, maybe, and I'm just not picking up on it, but how much of that script was it all tossed out or was some of that held on to? Because, you know, the end of the Trevor version, uh, there is force healing and right. Kylo does, suck all the power out of Ray and then, and she's like dying and then he gives it back to her and he dies, which is very much like the end right. of episode nine, the JJ version where it's like, she's laying there lifeless and then he gives her life with a kid and then he falls out and then she kisses sure. him and he dies. Like it was very similar in that way. And I also loved how they were like, and the Knights of Ren show up, but they get killed because they're not important, which was also <laughs> the exact same. Exactly. Just in moments. Just <laughs> uh, but it was funny, man. Yeah. If there's, again, Star Wars fans, it's worth checking out. Yeah, uh, that is a Duel, good uh, And Duel of the Fates is a cool episode name. Like it was episode right. nine, Duel of the Fates, which is the theme, you know, from episode right. one that John Williams scored. Yeah, a little um, bit less on the nose uh, than yeah, Rise of yeah. Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, yeah. Which is Duel confusing, problematic, and annoying. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I also loved, I feel like they were getting at this anyway, the whole trilogy on the maybe it's not so much light and dark and good and evil like we've mm -hmm. been at war forever, but some kind of middle ground. And I liked it. Like, Trevor seemed to really hit on that where Ray was trying to, like, find some middle ground and exist there. You know what I mean? Where right. th that was something that was brought up even in, like, just the little synopsis, the little eight, nine minute. Uh, you know, animated. Film, I don't know, so. man. I, I really dislike Trevorrow so much. Me too. That Me I, so. I kind of don't give any of it too much of a right, know, pass, right, but right. whatever. Yeah. It's an interesting um, thing to think about. I guess. Uh, a couple of last things. Definitely. If you have HBO continue to check out, I know this must be true uh, is the best new TV show on television. I think there's been three or four episodes now. Mark okay. Ruffalo will win Emmys. The show will win Emmys. It is, the top tier of television right now by far. Um, so fucking good. Fair uh, and the last thing I started watching on Netflix uh, today, I got into the first couple episodes, the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Ooh, um, wow. It is rough. Very hard to <laughs> yeah. watch. Very revealing. And I'm only halfway through it, but uh, right. fuck. Yeah. Uh, and and it's produced by James Patterson, the author, um, which I think is weird Ooh, because he was okay. his neighbor in Palm Weird. Beach and presumably he had a lot of information and whatever and he helped produce this with his company Weird. so I um, mean he's in it a lot giving a documentary you know what a story what footage. a dark dark story um, but like it's funny that the guy who wrote Kiss the Girls um, is yeah. helping oh, produce fuck. this Jesus. <laughs> yeah really I don't um, think that 
clip yeah. for me and tell right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, James Patterson. Um, well, um, I also binged um, just, I guess, and I got in Memorial Day spirit or whatever, mm-hmm. and I uh, I binged The Pacific on mm. HBO. I never nice. watched. I never watched it originally. Yeah. yeah. So Band of Brothers is easily like my favorite miniseries ever. I, sure. I just like still to this day that that was just so. I, and I find it so superior to like a Saving Private Ryan that I actually probably underrate that as a movie because I just felt like they took these ten hours and developed this entire you know troop, this group of guys, and all of their right. time from D Day on, or even training all the way through to the end of the war. And I just think like that to me is like the best sort of um, cinematic. Uh, like documentation of anything I've ever seen on world war two. Right. And it still holds up. I've watched one episode here or there now and again. Um, and not to say that Pacific wasn't good. Um, but, uh, but definitely fell way short of band of brothers for me. And I, I mean, I've been straight through it cause I was going to finish it no matter what, but, um, uh, good, but man, band of brothers, it just reminded me how good band of brothers was. Sure. I don't want to go back through that. I only now, so. sporadically saw some bits of band of brothers. I definitely didn't see the whole, series oh, but i remember it, it it was a big great. deal when it came out yeah and yeah, then at pacific thing. i think i didn't watch i think my friend Corey was trying to get a part in it he was like petitioning oh, and going out for it or something i don't he didn't end up getting in it but um right he was obsessed right with it i think just because everybody knew band of brothers was the b- best yeah. thing that had ever yeah, yeah. you know been made so you gotta right. be a part of right. whatever the next thing is but um yeah i don't really remember pretty it. awesome well uh you have anything else for tv i've got one more thing i wanted to uh, no no shoot touch on so do you remember when we went to the Star? Obviously, remember when we went to the Star Trek convention and sure. uh, Bill Shatner, good old Bill, came out and started talking about his new show, The Unexplained. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Uh, so many things that we don't know the answers <laughs> on, to. like um, sci-fi or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even is. know what it's on. Yeah, I know yeah. that for us, it popped up on Hulu. So huh. I just watched two episodes this morning. Yeah, sitting around and. William Shatner is a gem. I'm going to miss him when he goes. He's going to go soon. I'm not he's saying he's so the greatest guy. I know a lot of people don't like him. Sure, yeah, yeah. But good God, what a guy. What a personality. What, yeah, what a personality that yeah. is just one of a kind. They broke the mold for better or worse after him. There is no one like him. And and what a guy that's committed to being an entertainer. He walked out, though, and he's he's noticeably old and you know uh, overweight at this point and yeah. uh, all this other stuff. And he came out with this shirt and this jacket on and just looked up from her phone and she said – who told him that was a good idea? Like, <laughs> and this is the yeah. opening narration as he's talking. And right. he did look, he looked like a cartoon character, which just added to the enjoyment for me. But, um, but there's a couple episodes that are actually pretty good, like pretty enjoyable. They talk about the brain, you know, different things that happen. They're one off like yep. scientific exploration yeah. or is it? So yeah. they're all different things, right? So like one of the ones we watched was all about how, Oh, there's these certain places. They say lightning never strikes the same place, tw- place mm-hmm. twice. Oh, Here's a place on Earth, and we don't know why. And scientists have been studying this for 20 years, 30 years. And it just – the way it – why it draws electricity doesn't make oh, sense. Wow. But it just – during electrical storms, <laughs> it's just constant, Deep. right? Like it seems like you would never want to live there. I saw War of the Worlds, man. I know yeah, why. Yeah, you, <laughs> There's a tripod under there. We already know there. the answer. There's a this. tripod under there. There was another one about a guy who dove into a pool, and he hit his head at the bottom of the pool, and then suddenly he could play the most uh, – amazing piano he'd never learned oh, piano in his life weird and he could shit just like see that. the notes yeah. and understand what it was as soon as he started playing he could put it together with his ears and if he heard it he could play it so he just became a savant unexplained and there's a term for that and then these other kids these two like a brother and sister uh, i don't remember where they were from and how they just um again same thing for like okay he was four months old and we would start saying your eyes point to your eye and he would point to his eye and then suddenly he could identify any number by six months old and so you know he's 
through, he went through, I think, kindergarten through grade five in like a six month period when he was like seven. You know what I mean? So, but they don't know why. And there's nothing off the charts about his family, like his parents or anything, you know, just bizarre. And then his sister ended up being the same thing. And there's nothing they can kind of study and understand why. And then they talk about the brain and how would we uploading the brain if you could to, you know, into like machinery and downloading that kind of thing. And you know, the ups and downs of that. So there's just, they explore all different things each episode, but it's not one topic each episode. It's maybe like two or three. And Shatner's just kind of narrating you through. And I don't know, man. That sounds that enjoyable. I might it's fun. have to check that out. Yeah, it's like background stuff, noise. Yeah. It's a good background yeah. noise. Thing yeah, yeah. If everybody's looking for something. So, And if you like Shatner, because he'll crack you of up with stuff I that do. shouldn't be funny, right? Like it's just right. coming in and being like, now we're going to talk about lightning. Like <laughs> however he does it, it's always funny. I don't know what it is. More entertaining. He's, he's so, such a little ball of personality. The last one um, I wanted to throw out there for TV. Well, I've got a bunch of news. Um, Lay it on me. Uh, this is uh, just a cute thing. Uh, David Lynch. Uh, has a YouTube channel now, <clears throat> and I don't know who he lives with. I, you know, we don't know his personal situation, but it is as if he lives alone, and he is producing this YouTube series, and most of it is just weather reports. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I, wa- I just want to play really quick. Uh, this is for today. <laughs> Every morning he wakes up and gives a weather report. Um, three, two, one. Good morning. It's May thirty-one, two thousand and twenty. And it's a Sunday. Here in LA, blue skies, but a lot of clouds. Golden sunshine coming on. Very still right now. Around 63 degrees Fahrenheit, 17 Celsius. Should get up to the mid 70s this afternoon, around 24 degrees Celsius. Have a great day, everyone. That's it. Okay. He's he's one of our purest artists. Um, I I love him. And he is doing mostly weather reports, which are just not very dynamic, but perfect (laughs) David Lynch. Right. Um, Right. And and they're very interestingly shot, of course, and colored and everything. Um, But then he has done some updates on like a sink he's building in his garage. (laughs) Um, And so, (laughs) you know, it's just like it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's a really good thing. Um, so, uh, that's, that's one, um, there was the SpaceX launch yesterday. That's not really TV, but that's yeah, a big that was deal. exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had to, uh, postpone it a couple days and then, uh, it happened and, uh, fucking, uh, you know, the, the just, I, Musk has given us essentially the future that we've been like, can't someone just fucking right. make something futuristic right. and like, you know, and he, between his cars and his spaceships and the spacesuits and how it's all being implemented, um, really no one else, I guess, except for Apple, uh, you know, is really giving us the future that we yeah. are yeah. desperate for um, amongst all of this other, you know, uh, very negative stuff going on in the world. Um, right. So I'm I'm extremely happy about that launch and what that means. Um, and really you know, exciting. very very soon, this this was the final test of the the uh, capsule. So now, presumably after this mission finishes, they'll be sending people up all the time, and uh, I'm right. gonna have to make my way to Florida to see a launch 
uh, oh, as man. soon as I can because, Beyond. you know, they're not even letting people out there right now because of the virus. But right, right. when it all resumes, uh, we will have regular launches again, which has been a long time since we've sent people up, you know. Can I just say so. this is not a political thing. This is not me knocking him or anything. I'm not going into sure. that. But just the cu- the cutaway at a certain point to the president standing there, we have such a comical looking president. I am again. I'm not. This is not a. Right, I think right. This is actually. I enjoy this. This is not something I think is bad. Or if I was supporting Trump, I'm not like knocking him. And if I don't like Trump, I'm not saying this because I'm trying right. to hurt him. I'm just saying right. like it is comedy fodder. Like there is something about this guy and and the awkwardness with which he stands and right. turns and kind of nods. You know. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. When they uh, cut to him and he was standing there and he seemed like he didn't quite know what was going on, I swear to God, the first thing I thought about was Travolta in the scene where he goes to see Mia Wallace and he doesn't know she's talking to him from the <laughs> intercom. Where he's and, uh, and looking we around. Just sent, where's, yeah, where's like she? a shuttle yeah. into space and we're going to Mars and like and there's the leader of the free world and he's like looking around and I was just like, Bananas. this is incredible stuff, man. Yep. It made me laugh so hard. It actually brightened my day. It was, uh, <laughs> it, it was super interesting. Enjoyable. Um, so thank you, Donald uh, Trump, for that. Yep, he's um, uh, that was something. Yeah. He's, anyway, uh, he's yeah. an asshat. Something. Um, else. So there's a great YouTube channel you should check out called Beyond the Backlot. Um, if you okay. haven't already, uh, subscribe to it. It's uh, pretty well produced episodes. You know, twenty thirty minute episodes of uh, this guy and his team going to the filming locations of of movies and shows and things, but really well made. So like they do a very long one in Hawaii where they're going to all the, a few of the spots from Jurassic park, but along with that, those are right next to where a lot of Raiders was filmed. Oh yeah. So So it's, it's all in the same like property. And so you get to see a lot of that and it's just really good. They're coming in on helicopters and they're on ATVs and it just, it's, it was incredibly satisfying. So I just discovered that uh, YouTube channel. That sounds awesome. You know, I've been there. We took a trip with my family to Hawaii and we went to that ranch and we rode, we went horseback. Well, then you know what it's like. Yeah. I haven't done that. No, I would still love to see it. But that that was, of course, for me, the highlight of our entire Hawaii Mm -hmm. trip. And you're looking up at kind of sloping sort of mountains in the distance and you're like, okay, seen this in Lost, seen this in Jurassic Park, (laughs) seen that, you know what I mean? And you're rattling them off because it really, it's just that choice spot of like Spielberg Uh, and Lucas. But also when we were there, I don't know if this would still be there. Maybe, you know, if you watch that special, but they still had the giant footprint from Godzilla, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, which you couldn't go down into, but you could look into that. You remember he's in the footprint and he's like, what are we looking for? And they're like, you're in it. You're not looking for a fossil. Still to this day, the only movie I've walked out of, I think. Oh, wow. Um, I was with my family, you know, they walked out, but it was like, everybody was just like, this is dumb. Um, (laughs) And it was. I mean, sure. I don't remember. But it was still cool Um, to see the footprint there. And anyway, uh, a great thing, great place to visit. And I will definitely check out, uh, you said it was uh, called Beyond the Back Beyond Lot. the Backlot. Okay. Yeah, check it out. Um, did you catch that Netflix? You know, has Back to the Future on right now, um, and they have an edit on there. There's a weird edit that's kind of been making the rounds in the news that it, it it's not supposed to be. I think Netflix just has the wrong copy of it. But there's <laughs> an awesome. edit when he's going through the Ooh La La magazine in Back to the Future Two. Yeah, yeah. Where he goes like this and he closes it and reopens it again. And essentially, you know, he thinks it's the almanac. And it just right. very briefly glances at a couple of pages of women in underwear. It's not uh-huh. a nudie mag. It's a uh-huh. fucking underwear magazine, right. as far as I remember. And there is an edit to that that um, cuts out 
the shot of him opening it. So it's a, a clunkily edited where he kind of like is, it's closed <laughs> and he kind of sees it, but it cuts back to his face and it literally wow. cuts out fractions of a minute, you know, second, a second, maybe like a ridiculous wow. amount. And it cuts that out from the original cut. And that's the cut that's on Netflix right now. And so there's a, a big fan outcry because they're like, that's a crazy <laughs> thing to edit out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently the edit had been done by Universal for some family friendly reasons. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But no one knew about it. So like Bob Gale, Robert Zemeckis, they didn't know it existed. And so they've come out, Weird. you know, in the press going, what the fuck? Like, this is not okay, and they're calling for a ban of that cut of it. Um, So I think that's an interesting, weird How wild. Two thoughts. One, how does something like that happen? Like, how does that (laughs) cut get loaded? You know, for something like Netflix. Universal asks a guy, hey, make a cut like this. But, like, I mean, to then, like, oh, we confused it. We put it, yeah, in Netflix. Not how the cut would happen. Someone forgot to rename it. (laughs) So weird. That's weird. And then the second thought uh, is how interesting the just all of american rating uh system is right we got a we got a science fiction story a guys going back in time his mom's gonna try to bang him you know what we need yep. to lose yeah, the underwear no, no. picture yep like, that's what it is like, well, we got to get out of there it's we can't so have that depressing it's and i mean so honestly depressing. if you want to talk about like i mean it's a very effective and i'm not saying in any way it's inappropriate for the for the story but you know you when the part of what packs such a punch pun intended um when his dad throws that punch to bill yeah. is you know you you are very seriously dealing with a sexual assault and a yes. very real and very threatening feeling like that sequence yes. is perfect because it is a dangerous and scary and horrific uh, situation right. taking place before he, he lays into him. Um, so, you know, you're taking on some serious stuff. Like you say, I mean, funny, him but. mustering up that strength is a very s- significant moment because yeah, it's one of the all time moments. If it had movies. not been that threatening, he probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Right. So, so good. So um, good. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, let's see, uh, AMC was on the verge of bankruptcy, you know, AMC yeah. theaters, but yeah. now they're, it looks like they're being, you know, downgraded or upgraded, <laughs> um, as far as the financial sector is concerned so that, uh, we don't need to worry as much about them going out of business. That's, good. Uh, that's, that's a great. good thing. Glad to hear it. Uh, that's last I heard about it. Um, these are two fun things you like, uh, Cobra Kai, one of our favorite shows, yeah. Yeah. um, which was a YouTube original tv show which was always a weird thing because it's right. like where are we gonna Very watch weird. it fuck um well youtube is getting out of the original content business and so they're ba- basically giving it back to sony sony actually produced huh. it so sony produced Kai. sony is now shopping it and they're probably days away from a deal they already made season three which we haven't seen yet and we're anticipating i don't think i realized that um and sony is now going to sign with one of the streaming networks presumably so uh i think this is great i'm sure that it'll end up on netflix i guess it could be hulu but i'm sure that netflix will buy it i feel like they would be stupid not to um and then we won't have to worry about where to watch it i really love that wonderfully corny um 80s throwback uh, oh my god it's fantastic it's got so much heart i love it yeah a lot of fun um and then yeah go ahead you you and i both uh being the huge uh fantasy fans that we are you'll be excited (laughs) about this but uh netflix is also bringing a chronicles of narnia series uh chronic what Oh, uh, uh, Coles, Coles of Narnia. Of Narnia. Damn, I wasn't go. ready. Okay. You, you Stuttering Stanley. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but uh, so there, there was big news already because Disney had kind of let it go and they were going to make a, a movie of The Silver Chair, which was one of the books in that series. Okay. And they've kind of scrapped that. And now they're just doing a full like of the seven books in that series. They're just doing a full series on Netflix, which I think is oh, kind of a more appropriate way. Anyway, the, those books yeah. are not I, I know you haven't read them, but those no. books are not like um, built kind I didn't of see for the individual movies, either, so. movies <laughs> beyond maybe like one or two. But as like right. a world, you could sort of build. Um, almost like I felt the same way about Dark Tower. You know, they tried to make that Stephen King. You said that, yeah. Really should just, have been a miniseries. Yeah, we yeah. finally got the capability of making these series, kind of like a Game of Thrones. I know that obviously ended very controversially. Yeah. But you have the ability now to do this not in a cinematic setting, right. like big screen setting, where you still have the budget and you can actually do it. And this feels like one that's right for that. So um, so that's one that I, w- I was kind of stoked for. And then um, – also, because you, you just mentioned Back to the Future, you know, they had that Zoom meeting for Back to the Future. Yeah, that was so good. Um, looking very, very forward to seeing the Josh Gad, Josh Gad uh, Lord of the Rings uh, reunion. Yeah, uh, that Zoom already meeting. happened, I think. Yeah. yeah, well, it came out this morning. Like, it okay, actually yeah. uploaded this morning. So I haven't yeah, watched watch it yet, that, yeah. but uh, but I'm pretty pumped about I will not be watching one. it, but you Yeah, well, you I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> record every moment of it and replay it for you. Gotcha. Um, as, as soon as I possibly can. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that is uh, that is one of the... Uh, silver linings to this situation is that uh, we're getting all these reunions uh, right. of Fun our stuff. favorite old characters, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, nice trip um, down nostalgia memory lane. You did you know that Netflix bought the Egyptian? Yeah, I saw that. That um, that closed this morning or so, or in the last couple of days. It's in the press right. that the deal closed, or they closed escrow at least. I don't know, um, but uh, they're going to spend money to refurbish and renovate and all that kind of stuff. And it will still, the only question I had was, is American Cinematech still going to be headquartered there and still do their programming? And the answer is yes. That's awesome. So that's, that's all that matters. That is my um, favorite think, theater yeah. in LA or that I've really been to in terms of for the, for the programming alone. Yeah. yeah. American Cinematech does great stuff. And I mean, obviously new bad does great stuff. They're, they're, it's for just sure. different. It's, it's just, just that different. setting. Yeah. Cause I, when I lived kind of on the West side, the arrow was the one I would go to for the American yeah. Cinematech. It was just so much more convenient. I but hate it's going not, to Hollywood, but the Egyptian once the you're same. there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that theater, I think the first thing I ever saw at the Egyptian was a Indiana Jones uh, trilogy screening. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, come yeah. on, man. Like you're in there and they're playing the music and you're looking it's at all hieroglyphics like on the way Egyptian, in. yeah. It's yeah, and so just cool. having a balcony. I mean, there's few theaters where you get up on a balcony and look down. You know what I mean? With this giant I do screen. love the balcony. Oh, That's man, it's such a to fun sit up there, yeah. Yeah, setting. So anyway. Um, that is all awesome. very, very cool. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get back to the movies eventually. Um, well, there's a couple of things in the trailers and upcoming stuff I want to mention. Did you know we were getting a making of Rocky doc in a few days? No, and I am I, excited. I, I just read this this morning. It was I had deadline. no idea. You just made me very happy. It's, it's called 40 Years of Rocky, Birth of a Classic, and it's a <sighs> making of docu- a full, you know, feature-length making of documentary. It's going to be on video on demand on June 9th. So in oh, about a week. that is me. Through um, and through. I know. I'm, so I can't jazzed. wait either because I think. So oh, jazzed. and it's uh, narrated by Stallone. So that's great. I saw um, the dumbest thing imaginable, but it made me laugh really hard. Just a couple of days ago, somebody shot me over a little clip and it's the Rocky two is basically the remake of Rocky one. Right. The very right. heartwarming, like a, a Hollywood remake. And he's running up the steps like he did in Rocky one. But this time, a thousand children are following him and rooting him on because the kids love Rocky and they've apparently left their homes and run across Philadelphia <laughs> right, right. with Rocky, which is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, um, that seems wrong. But they, yeah, they're running after him and he just he just takes off and he goes up the steps and they're way behind. 
Right. But as he hits that top step, you know, he always does his fist in the air and then he does the little, you know, shadow boxing, punching back and forth. Somebody, somebody photoed in, it's real shoddy work, but somebody photoed in right as he turns and throws the two shadow box punches, two of the kids hitting the top step and him just knocking both of them back, like bam, bam, like knocking them out on his punches. (laughs) And these kids just being like, ah, and it was, it really caught me. I was not ready and I was laughing pretty hard at that. So that was pretty great. That's um, hilarious. I love Rocky. I can't get enough, um, so this is fun. Of course. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, we are still waiting to see what's going to happen in July with uh, Tenet, whether it's going to yeah, actually release or not. Um, so that's Ugh. like pins and needles. Uh, and then uh, we're getting tonight a three-part miniseries on AMC is starting called Quiz. And it's about the um, – there was apparently a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire scandal in Britain the British version. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about it, but I guess it was a big news thing. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know when this happened years ago, I guess. I don't know. Um, but there's this three part series starting tonight um, that That's I'm definitely going to watch. That'll be a nice companion um, piece to the movie quiz show from 94. <laughs> right. The game show right. scandals of the sixties or seventies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yellowstone is coming back soon. I love Yellowstone. Perry I Mason is a show starting on HBO. Um, you know, Perry Mason detective like the show. Old with, Perry Mason. Yeah. 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 Like a new so version of the old. It was originally, ca- I read this, it was originally cast in this role was, um, Robert Denny Jr., which I think would have been really cool. Oh man. Um, and he dropped out, you know, at some point and they recast it with Matthew Rees from the Americans. Oh, okay. Well, I love America. him. He's love the Americans. I so. think that'll work great because he's fantastic robert downey is um, great though that been yeah great. that i yeah i can't help but think about that um and then the last thing on upcoming is uh it actually came out a week ago but i didn't even realize um we have a new trip to movie trip to greece is out with no Steve way Coogan. yeah yeah did you watch I, the most I've recent seen the all the one? other ones yeah they did what did they they did italy they did uh, i think spain was the third one spain they anyways this is the, the third new, one the ends one? on a kind of a dangerous open-ended note a little bit i, I kind of forget it remind me i've well, seen you know, them all the but first I two are just the remember. trips and they end up and they're yeah. kind of revaluing their lives yeah. so it's got a like a tinge of sadness right? some big fight or something no yeah. it's like coogan is like on the road broken down and these kind of militants are like headed oh, towards him right. and they call and they're like he <laughs> hasn't <it> arrived <laughs> and you sit there and you're like did he fucking die did they kill I him at the end totally of this trilogy? Forgot about clearly that. if they've got another one it's going to go on but they they took a hard turn that that i loved because it almost felt like they were like okay how long can we keep doing these like right people who watch them watch them and that's great but the first two are kind of the same and the third one up until that so point is low same. budget it must cost oh it's dude, no it, money i love them though. at all to make them so i i hope they keep making them it's I just them doing guys. voices and how funny yeah. it is and then great scenery like that's yeah, all exactly. it is like that's, guys you want to hang food. out with and Scenery, I love food Coogan, and, yeah, yeah. obviously Hamlet too. Uh, well, anyways, check that out. I think it's on video on demand. But trip well, to also, Greece. Uh, what is it? King of Staten Island drops today, doesn't it? Or is it tomorrow? No, no, it's not. I think we still have a couple of weeks. Oh, um, do we? Am I ahead on King, that one? I thought it was June first. Maybe it's just Staten June at some point. Um, I'll tell you. It's on June twelfth. It's oh, on okay. my calendar. Okay. But yeah, that's I'm definitely in the upcoming. I'm pumped for that too, man. It, it's funny to me how much I think. How much I think. We've talked about this before, but. I don't uh, particularly find this person that talented or funny, as in Pete Davidson. But there's something about <laughs> him. They keep finding projects that seem right for him, and that I think he's really good at. I think that like, I think I think Apatow's not stupid, and I think Apatow's right. probably exactly like you. He's just like, listen, I love him. I think he's interesting. Right. He doesn't have much range. He's really young. He doesn't yeah. have much. Yeah. But, 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 but whatever you want to call it, 
but he is so enjoyable for some reason that we can't mm-hmm. figure out. So I'm going to make a movie about his life so that we know it fucking perfectly <laughs> fits. His, I wonder his how long they can keep it going, but so far it seems, seems like it's going strong. So right. I agree. Yeah, that's I agree. Another one to look um, for. so that's coming up. Um, that's really got all I got on news. Um, yeah, do you too. have anything on news or anything? No, like man, that? we're stuck in here and there's rioting I, and stuff. So that's, I don't even want to yeah, talk about that stuff. Something so. we don't want to talk news. about, but, um, it is a weird, uh, it, life right now stay inside watch your movies that's all i'm doing i had a whole laundry list of stuff i was gonna try to do this week you know get a car wash whatever all these things that i can do again and i'm just like you know what i'm not i'm not gonna leave for a while yeah um my all my amazon deliveries were canceled and i don't know so it's just like uh, no one's nothing's happening um time wild time well go go uh, space stay safe out there all (laughs) our friends um and um and yeah so i have some um uh, okay, so let me think about how I want to how I want to do this. I want to talk about my hidden gem first before we do Rotten Tomato scores okay. or Shake it up. or wrap up. But essentially, this movie had such an impact on me that I really want to do an entire podcast about it. Oh wow! Um, and I uh, I put it in this kind of gem category because I don't think anybody's going to watch it. Um, I think people that are watching like you know movie news trades maybe are catching that critics are loving it right now but it's a movie called The Vast of Night The Vast of Night it is just recently out on Amazon streaming okay. um, I don't really know the backstory of it whether it was going to be in theaters and then it got moved you know it, it probably was something like that um it's, a, it's seemingly a very low budget uh movie but it is a 1950s uh essentially alien visitation movie wow which that in and of itself kind of sells me that's really all i knew about it going into it was Wait, just it's like set i know in the 1950s it's or all it is a in the movie 50s. made in the, it's a new movie yeah yeah brand new movie yeah, but yeah. it's set in the 50s. Um, okay yeah 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 brand new movie um and it is, i didn't really look up uh, I, I should have, but I didn't really look up who's involved in making this movie. Whoever they are deserves lots. Uh, they deserve lots of awards and acclaim and money for more movies. Um, the writers, the producers, especially, and the director, um, the act, I guess part of what drew me so much into this movie was that I didn't really look up much about it, but I could tell immediately that, okay, this is a movie made for no money. Mm-hmm. Uh, made with an incredibly confident and sure hand, which you can always kind of tell whether something's clunky or whether tonally it's weird. Uh, You can tell pretty quickly. And I could tell it was so sure-footed. And then the third thing is I don't know anyone in this movie. I've never seen any of these actors before. They're all American. Um, And the fact that you can hit all of those elements is so exciting for me just seeing a movie where, yeah, I don't know anybody. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, I know that it's going to be kind of like the purest example of a new movie that I could possibly imagine. Um, and it is, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about really what happens in the movie at all. Um, but it is beautifully shot, even though, it's a very small scope and scale. The movie's kind of minimal. Um, there are I I I I was more glued to this movie 
then any never picked up my phone never i mean it, wow. i will say that i um it was last night we were having riots all over la uh-huh. there was a curfew uh-huh. it was probably 11 at night um and uh you know so it's dark it's late and i think that helped in creating uh-huh. the vibe okay. of the movie okay. because the movie yeah. takes place at night and so I would recommend anybody watch it at night that really wants to have a good effect. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's h- horrific. I, I don't. It's not a horror film. So if you're worried about being scared or whatever, there are elements that are suspenseful. It's a, definitely a thriller and a suspenseful movie, but in the most human way possible. Um, okay. And uh, it's all in the performances and the writing uh, and the filmmaking. I mean. They they have a bunch of long, many minute tracking shots, and you know how impressive those can be if done right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and and just anytime you have a totally you know static scene where you don't cut for like ten minutes, and yeah. it's just the actor doing ten minutes of acting, and you're just like, holy fuck, they right. haven't cut in ten minutes. Right, we're still right. on this person for <laughs> ten minutes, you know, yeah. and I haven't blinked. Like I don't think I blinked in ninety minutes. Like this movie. It was to me was so engrossing, um, so I can't re- recommend it highly enough. I I um, I rarely say this, but I wish that it was also, or I, or I almost hope that it gets bought to be a limited series because oh, what they, okay. they it's such a short movie, it's a ninety minute movie. What they did in ninety minutes, I'm just like, oh my god! If you could expand, expand this, this, right. Um, it would even be better. Um, and, uh, I, and I, I don't even mind that I didn't get to see it in a theater. Like it, it felt so good and pure. It felt a lot. Do you remember snake eyes? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love snake eyes so much. It's a right. De Palma movie and, and it's, um, and it's not critically loved snake eyes, but I, I, when yeah. it came out, I watched it 7 million times. <laughs> um, and it feels a lot like that partially because of the long, you know, tracking follow shots. Yep. You know, the yep. Snake Eyes has a lot of that. But the tone also just Snake Eyes is eerie for no reason. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it you and know tone more than anything in my opinion, whatever tone you're establishing, whether you like it or not, that that to me is the mark of the director, right? Like yes. it's setting yes. the tone more than you can always have a great script and you could interpret Correct. that and you know, that's not necessarily the story or anything else. Even the acting, there are great directors for actors, but the tone yeah. more than anything I think really is that's all in the hands of the director. I mean, this is a masterpiece together. in tone. It's a movie wow. about tone and it is so fucking solid. Well, that's awesome, um, man. That's exciting. So I, please I watch it. Please this, watch so. it at night. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's on we'll Amazon. Till nighttime. It's called gets, The Vast of Night. Gay. And it currently has 91% from night. critics. So um, wow. that's okay. that's good. It's not 100. I think it should be 100, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that's a good segue into uh, guessing some Rotten Tomatoes scores. This is uh, the Alien Edition. Let's, oh, so yeah. here are some alien Let's movies for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm stoked. I'm um, stoked. So here's the, the OG uh, Close Encounters. What do you think? Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I believe critics gave Close Encounters of the Third Kind a 93. And okay. audiences gave Close Encounters of the Third Kind a 90. Uh, 95 from critics. Nice. And 85 from audiences. Okay. So you were very yeah, close. Right in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I love that Close seems, Encounters. That seems fair enough. Yeah. Um, Independence Day. 
We may, and, I don't think we've done there. this overtly. It's not on my list that we've right. done it, but we might have talked about this. But go ahead. 100 and 100. No. <laughs> uh, Independence Day is uh, Jess's dad's all-time favorite movie. Right, and right. Adam Morris' uh, least favorite movie. Right. Um, shout out to both of them. Uh, I think audience – or I'm sorry, critics gave Independence Day – I'm trying to think where where <laughs> critics were in the 90s. Uh, critics gave Independence Day a an 80, and audiences okay. gave Independence Day a 90. Uh, critics, 65. Jesus Christ. And audiences, 75. Wow. So it's, that's another that one I'm remembering. a little odd to me. I but, remember that yeah. feeling like the ultimate crowd-pleasing blockbuster. I thought at least audiences were so behind that movie and loved sure. Will Smith in that time and everything. I would have thought so, so too. Like I think, it, I think, even think, it I think it's a testament to uh, the fact that we, we love it kind of conceptually, mm-hmm. but from a for filmmaking sure. standpoint, um, Roland Emmerich makes bad yeah, movies. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I think that's where the but critics you know, are coming from. <laughs> but, you know, Spielberg called that the perfect alien invasion movie. He said, you know, it is. I, I no longer... <laughs> he ended up making War of the Worlds anyway, but he said, I no longer need to make the alien invasion movie I was right. always planning to right. make because now Independence Day already exists. That's and great. he was kind of that's trying great. to do an update on the old 50s alien uh-huh. invasion B movie, right? But in the right. full A-level treatment that right. he never ended up doing. But I, I mean, that movie, obviously, huge potholes and problems, but... That movie has all the elements, man. It's got the great characters. The pacing is great. It's the story is, you know, the alien invasion story that you like that genre. You don't. But if you like it, there's nothing to not like and pick holes in about it. Um, We're so used now to our monuments and worlds getting destroyed that it doesn't pack any punch. But at the time, that trailer was living off of the White House being blown up. Like yep. We had just never seen that shit. I mean, this is even pre nine eleven. So even in Gra- like real groundbreaking, life, yeah. we hadn't seen anything, and that was just so stunning. It was like they're blowing up the White House. I just remember thinking, like, what is going on? Like, this is how they do that. Yeah, and yeah. it's still the such world an is entertaining ending. movie. And Will Smith at his all time most charismatic. You know, that kind of yeah. launched him yeah. into movie stardom. Um, so uh, that surprises me that it's uh it's lower. But one um, shake and they running. All right, so <laughs> another Will Smith, Men in Black. Uh, Men in Black. Okay. Uh, critics were okay. So critics gave Independence Day. What did they give it? They gave it a oh, 65. I think, it was 65. Yeah. I think critics gave uh, Men in Black uh, an 82. And I think audiences gave Men in Black an 85. Uh, so critics, 92. Oh, okay. So yeah, I thought really they liked like that one. And audiences, 79, which I find weird. I, I just, I don't know what audience member wouldn't have thought when men in black came out oh this is the best i would I have know. expected just... independence day to be higher for a broader audience's higher scoring anyway so the fact that independence oh, really? day, this okay. critic score yeah. was lower than 79 right, right. It makes sense to me that that's 79 but um whatever here's a real classic flight of the navigator oh god god of mercy okay um so i remember seeing this when i was a kid it actually scared yeah. me uh flight yeah, of the navigator yeah, sure. critics gave flight of the navigator a 64 and audiences gave it a 70. I was shocked at how high the critic score is. 83 no from critics. No way. <laughs> what are and they doing? audiences 75. You're pretty close. But Hang on a just, minute. Critics yeah. gave Independence Day a 65 and yeah. Flight of the Navigator 83. an 83. Okay. All right, it. critics. Hey, you good work, it. critics, as usual. Good work. Uh, Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks. Oh, this is a tough one. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. I'm going to say critics from Mars attacks 75 audiences, 50 critics, 54. 
Jesus. And audiences, 53. <laughs> yeah, okay. So very close on audiences. I yeah. thought critics might still kind of lean into the same reason as Men in Black, kind of the Burton and sort of right. stylistic thing and dig it. But um, yeah, I remember that one not being very liked. We're going to round it out with a really fun one uh, from a few years ago uh, called Attack the Block. God, I loved Attack the Block. Yeah, I know. Okay, critics for Attack the Block. I, this is going to be an interesting one because I have no idea how anyone feels about Attack the Block right. other than like my we friends know you and my girlfriend yeah, yeah. Yeah, and myself. Yeah. So um, Attack the Block for critics, I will say, being kind of an indie darling, maybe, uh, 78. And audiences, I'll say, 70. Critics, 90. Yes. Pretty good. I was satisfied by that too. And then audience is 75. So, but that, that feels exactly right to me from, yeah, that one makes me happy what I was off on. Um, but yeah, not, not the best, uh, round for me ever. Whatever. Um, Um, no, you're good. Um, so that's, uh, that's our alien, uh, rotten tomatoes. That was a fun one. Um, yeah, cool. Right on. (laughs) I'm going to try to theme them from now on. (laughs) These are great. Um, do you have uh, anything else before you do a gem and we I, say I'm, our I'm goodbyes? Not do, I'm not following your hidden gem. That was the most impassioned hidden gem. My You're hidden gem is rolling it. over to next week. I reserve okay, the right to hold that's my fine. hidden gem um, because that was uh, an impassioned speech, and I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that. And uh, I uh, obviously never want to so aggressively color someone's opinion about something that's unfair, right, right. but it's rare that I love something as much as I loved watching this right and i i can't imagine that won't translate to you but maybe I kelly guess right possible. now is uh developing and launching bots all over the internet to talk this movie up uh, <laughs> i honestly this Russian is bots. how much i feel about it <laughs> um, he's betraying it, his own code it ha- unlike other things that i like like space force which is getting pretty panned by critics right um this has a really good uh, critic uh, critical response right so right. Uh, i think they know that it's great um anyways um i don't think i have anything else uh we will be back soon with a commentary right we'll yeah we've officially commentary. run out of stuff to talk about um i don't enjoy our have commentary <laughs> uh episodes yeah definitely check out indiana jones and the last crusade which we just yeah that was out. fun um if you just want to hear anybody just passionately talk about how much they love a movie i am your guy for that one <laughs> um but it's a fun movie to rewatch anyway so yeah. check us out on that one and we're not sure what we're going to do next but um but we'll we'll do another one. We'll, we'll let one you know. Those are fun. So All stay right. safe out there, everybody. Yeah, please uh, stay, stay inside safe. and watch movies and shit. Uh, that's the best thing you can do right now. Yep. Bye. Later.